0: Uh, friends and comrades, hello. This is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. We are broadcasting in the shadow of Rockford Tower from a studio deep behind enemy lines in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, REV. Super Producer Carl is on from a remote, secure location. Uh, Our guest this evening is James Nolan. Professor Nolan is the Chair of the Sociology and Anthropology Department at West Virginia University. Uh, He is a former Wilmington Police Lieutenant, uh, and he's the author of a recent op-ed in Delaware Online uh, titled, Why the Wilmington Police Need a New Game, New Playbook, and a New Scorecard. Uh, I am pleased to welcome Professor James Nolan to the Highlands Bunker podcast. Uh thank you for joining us.
1: We're glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Yeah, but before we get to um to the op-ed and um some of the deeper discussions about what we can really glean from police statistics and, uh, and 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 some of the more heavier issues, I just wanted to uh get an idea about your experience at the Wilmington Police Department. Um how you wound up becoming a cop and and what was it like?
1: Yeah, I was a police officer in Wilmington in the 80s and the 90s, uh, around the time when the uh, issue was uh, the drug war and that sort of thing. And uh, early in my career, I went to the uh, Drug Organized Common Advice Unit, and uh, I spent probably about six years there and then worked in patrol, uh, uh, personnel and planning, um, in community services. I was the uh, supervisor for the Weed and Seed site in Wilmington, which was a community policing project. And so I had a number of experiences in Wilmington, and they, they were all very positive. Um, it was, it, but it was during the time I was a, a police officer that I was working on a PhD at Temple, and uh, it was in social psychology. And I was, I was, learning, uh, I was learning about the importance of context in terms of uh, how people make decisions and, uh, you know, the, the context behind the behaviors. And, uh, and I had sort of come up thinking that the reason uh, people were committing crime was, number one, they're criminals and needed to be caught and captured and put away. And uh, number two is uh, that it, they could be deterred by some, some threat of punishment or something like that. But as my experience at Temple that it, it sh- sure rocked my world, I saw how easy it is to change the context. And uh, therefore, inside of bad context, good decisions are made and those good decisions sometimes are violent. And uh, so that all sort of uh, affected, you know, what happened to me at Wilmington and I ended up going on after I finished a PhD. and And so I've been really out for, you know,
0: Twenty-five years, I've been a professor, so it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I want to. I have a question at the end that's more of a, more of a general question, and I think it's, hearing you say that, I'll, I'll sort of circle back to it because I feel like, the issue, with police is just that the whole idea of what we're trying to accomplish is 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 not correct, really. And so that's sort of my starting point. But I I guess we'll we'll get to that in in due course, I I guess. Um, What I first want to do is to start with the framework um, that you lay out in your piece. Um, It's basically sort of three pillars of uh, of a way to sort of implement police work in general. Um, Can you talk about them briefly and just lay that out for everyone?
1: Sure. A lot of times we think about behavior – and we think about the origins of behavior in the individual, but they're actually on a uh, social field. And so the individuals uh, in a courtroom, in a hospital ward, in a podcast booth, there's a, a way of being in that place, in that space. In a classroom, it's the same thing. And so uh, understanding the game that's being played is a way of understanding you know, the logic, the common sense, some of the sacred assumptions that are uh, happening in that place. Um, another another thing to look at is like uh, what people are recognized uh, for distinction as distinction on the field of play, and that's usually captured in what I'm calling the scorecard. And uh, and so this you know the scorecard is like how success is measured on on the particular field. And. Uh, and so that that sort of sets the, uh, the lays the foundation of the the uh, my model that I used in the article. It comes from it comes basically out of sociology.
0: Yeah, I think it's important when we look at those three things: the 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 game, sort of the rules of the game, um, the the playbook. Not just not just implementing the rules, but I I, I don't I forget exactly how you how you termed it but sort of like in, in any context whether it is a, a game itself or, or some other sort of interaction they're sort of unspoken like the spirit of it uh, sort of what everybody learns as they do it or assumptions I guess you, you you've called it and so um, those things are, are harder to get at but I feel like are just as important so I was really interested in in that aspect of it um, could, could you go into that a little bit and sort of talk about some of the i guess you would say the the playbook piece of it uh about how, how some of those assumptions are made um you, you you spell out sort of the the way that police work is described on the website sort of textbook definition but that really doesn't get to how it is actually implemented on the street
1: well what what happens is so the police are, are set up to, as law enforcement so the term law enforcement and policing is uh, used interchangeably, incorrectly interchangeably. You know, Law enforcement is a particular strategy and, and policing is the profession, but these things get uh, confused and to the point where uh, the police take the law enforcement code of ethics. Uh, they're sworn in as law enforcement officers. And so we talk about law enforcement. So the mindset of people on the game of policing today Is the mindset of law enforcement so when I get in into my car, my police car, and I go into my district, my intent is to look for criminals to arrest, and because that's what the police do, they're law enforcers, and uh, and and this is uh, what I'm arguing, and I argue, and I have a, a new book out last year that's. Uh, it's about poli- policing and uh, reimagining policing. And it's, it, it takes this on. It, it basically says that we assume the natural way to do policing is law enforcement. But if you give up that, that notion that that's the case, then, then all kinds of things open up. Policing could be structured to do anything that works, to make places safer and more just. But, but by sticking to the game, then the only thing you have, can do is change the playbook. So if you think, well, the natural way to do policing is law enforcement, then you say I'm the new chief or I'm the new mayor and my strategy is gonna be, I have this playbook and not that playbook, you see? And so that's been the 40 year history in Wilmington that I'm aware of, that you know, each time a new chief comes in, each time a new mayor comes in, each administration, comes in, they, ch- they change the
0: playbook and not the game. Yeah, I was, um, struck. I think there's a, 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 good, um, sort of example of that mindset. Um, when chief Tracy, um, announced his, his move on to St. Louis. Um, I hope everybody Googles Laquan McDonald, uh, peace be upon him. I always mentioned that when I talk about chief Tracy, excuse me on that. Um, when he left for his new position, uh, Mayor Prezicky, uh claimed that his decision to hire a, quote, outsider uh, and get a salary exception to do it and, and, and all of that was, quote, vindicated. Um, I, I, I'd i like to ask what you think about that claim and whether or not it fits the idea of, like, well, I had a playbook and I can – and then we'll get to the sort of the scorecard. I can point to this scorecard as – um, as the execution of my playbook and claim some sort of victory or vindication um uh, but but really there there isn't any um this, I mean, this it, is, there's see there's a so we're we're talking
1: about the game of policing or the game of law enforcement but there's a political game also is that the political game is what makes sense is that i'm i'm going to claim victory no matter what i mean there's no way i'm going to argue that i'm I'm failing, or I've made a bad decision, and so that, that just wouldn't even make any sense. And so the the logic of politics is the claim that you see I'm vindicated, I made the right decision, even when conf- even when presented with evidence that would suggest that you know there's more there's more to this. It's more nuanced than what you're claiming. Um, and again, you know I I don't just I don't focus on Wilmington much at all these days. It's it's generally my uh, I have a grant to do a policing project in Baltimore. I've been in Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and so I've I've been around uh, the country and also uh, in Europe and worked in the Middle East with police departments. And so my my uh, my view on policing is broader than what's happening in Wilmington. But but occasionally when I see something like. The claims that were being made are being made by this mayor and this chief, and now going to a, a major city, St. Louis, that this playbook works, you know. And I know that it's that it's really basically not not true. It, it does work in one sense. It works uh, in terms of it makes police officers more accountable, and so there's an accountability uh, structure. It makes. Uh, people people in the profession successful they get ribbons for making arrests and for seizing guns and drugs and those sorts of things but what they don't do is they don't they don't measure success by whether or not there's uh, a more just and more peaceful world in Wilmington and this is and I'm, and I'm arguing this because and I've seen this many times before the same neighborhoods the same places in Wilmington that were considered problem neighborhoods are the same places today and there's another administration there will be another one after it and another one after it and they all claim victory and there's all all their the police are heroes and the mayors are all um, successful and they go off and they have their pensions and who's left holding the bag but the people who live in the communities and it's you know it's just not fair
0: yeah i, I want to get to the I guess the evidence or the scorecard bit of it, um, because um, you present three sort of graphs in your piece, and I'd like you to go over them in some detail. What I took from them, just sort of top line, is uh, two things. Um, number one, the violent crime and gun crime was declining as Chief Tracy took and, 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 and Mayor Prezicky took office. And so that trend continued for a period of time uh, and then sort of uh, went back up a little bit and plateaued. Um, so, number one, we have a trend that was going in a particular direction anyway. The second thing I took from it is you overlay, uh, both for violent crime uh, and, and some other statistics, you overlay the rest of the state. And what we what we see is that the ebbs and flows and the peaks and valleys seem to mirror um, the the rest of the state who are either policed by the Delaware State Police smaller departments say in Dover or elsewhere um, who you know while they may have different playbooks are are, are certainly playing the same law enforcement game um, so yeah I'd, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that in detail because I did I think that that was a very clear way to sort of uh, to paint this picture so
1: right and this is um, if you look at that those charts, one, one two, and three, I believe it was, the source was the Delaware Gun Violence database. So I wasn't just using what the police, um, the police gather their own statistics and then they usually present their own statistics as their, their success story. So this is a sort of independent, it's, it's a database compiled uh, outside of the police department, but it's verifiable with links to news stories and police reports. Uh, and, and what you see is that uh, just as uh, just as they're claiming that crime did go down, violent crime and shootings did go down from two thousand and twenty to two thousand and twenty-two, but they went down everywhere, and um, so one one could argue that the um, the community-based efforts are throughout the state, and therefore you can you can see that it's a you should should be expected to see that through these community-based efforts that you know statewide that you know we it seems to be working statewide. But it's a little bit disingenuous to say that my playbook or my my strategy, my policing strategy, my law enforcement strategy was responsible. Because um your the playbook in Wilmington was not the same playbook used throughout the state, as far as I know
0: yeah I mean I, I don't have I, I, I don't have a way to 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 say one way or the other I have really no expertise in it. The only thing I will say is I, I, I know a lot of these uh, departments sort of work hand in hand in at least in the sense that as you explained before, they're going out and and doing law enforcement. That's the policing they're looking for however however they are arriving at how they do it. That's what they're trying to do and just sort of make arrests. Um, I, I don't know, I, I know that there's been pushes to to do a lot of community work both in Wilmington and outside, but I'm actually not, and and again, I don't want to speak get too far out of my lane, but you know, for example, uh, the county, the Newcastle County police uh, actually uh, killed a, a man uh, within the city of Wilmington during an interaction. Uh, a, a, uh, over a year ago um, because there's just an understanding that they're sort of all doing the same thing um you know the state police uh, are 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 ubiquitous whether you're in the city of wilmington or or outside the city of wilmington so i I, I actually and again I don't want to get too far afield but it seems to me that most of the uh most of the playbook or or most of the way that law enforcement is being implemented place to place in Delaware seems fairly homogenous. I I don't know. I don't know if there's even a way to sort of to to unpack that at all. But um, that's that was the other thing that I sort of took from those same trends is probably a lot of the same pressures are affecting it because they're basically doing a lot of the same things. Uh, But but again, I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're right in the sense that almost I guarantee every police department in the state of Delaware and most police departments in the United States, this is the American policing uh, mandate for law enforcement and crime control. So it's not a not just a, a Wilmington problem, it's not just a Delaware problem, it's not just a, a, a local issue. It's it's a national issue. And um, but what uh, Chief Tracy brought was the model of ComStat and um, predictive policing, what they were calling predictive policing. They were using these uh, databases and, and district integrity and those sort of models that really sort of um, became popular under, like with in New York with uh, uh, Giuliani and uh, his commissioners and there was the zero tolerance and broken windows models. And these were about making uh, arrests for minor crimes to in order to prevent more serious crimes and uh, it's almost it's almost certain and again I've, I've been around this a number of years and I've you know now uh, you know study it for quite a few decades and um, and almost always police departments who use a particular playbook or applies a, a, a theory like what's one of the theories that is popular these days is deterrence theory. You know, if we we bring in a group of, a group that we call the worst of the worst, and we say we're going to give you a chance to go straight, and if you don't, we're going to come after you and give you throw the book at you, and therefore you're going to make this rational choice to to save yourself, and that's that's the model that we're going to use. This is all again a law enforcement part of a, a playbook within a law enforcement game. And almost always it's reported as a miracle. 30% reductions in crime. So many reductions in crime. So now go back to these places and see. Nothing's changed. These these, these things are these miracles are I'm gonna be I'm gonna be blunt. They're gimmicks. Yeah. they're gimmicks. And um And again, I don't don't think for one second that the police are not sincere. When I was a police officer, I did all these same things. uh, And I said they worked. Look, we got crime down in this neighborhood. We made uh, 30 indictments. We locked up this many people. But... You know, as I got away from it and sort of sort of was able to rise above what was happening in the local place, I can see nothing's really changing. It, it's just it's just the what, what's happening is the game keeps producing the conditions that get that produces the crime. So, in other words, the police are ostensibly aimed at reducing crime and reducing violence, but their approach actually creates the conditions that stabilize the rates. This is why they don't, this is why it doesn't change much. Or if, if it changes, it just changes briefly while the police are there, or while this particular playbook is being used. And then another playbook comes in and it, it falls out of favor. All of a sudden broken windows, isn't the right thing. And it's, it's another, it's comp stat. If it's not comp stat, it's predictive policing. If you don't invade from the left, you invade from the right. It's just, all focused on the warrior mentality of locking people up, controlling people's lives, and not helping people, not helping people become safe.
0: Yeah, I, I'd like if you could to go into a little bit of the, the statistical end of it, uh, the, the predictive nature of it, uh, because I think when, when, when you think about that for more than a moment, um, it's it's a little bit strange uh, that you know. I think most. I know for me, I was sort of introduced to this through of course, through through the wire, of course, in Baltimore. You know, and seeing sort of stats being broken down, and particular captains of particular places being on the hook for you know jiggling the stats, basically. Um, but the idea of the prediction of of that things can be things can be adjudicated by by arrests and and, and by um, you know aggressive law enforcement sort of even before they happen is a is a sort of a scary concept to me and can you just talk a little bit more about that and shed a little bit more light on how that is implemented whether it's compstat or predictive policing or all of the different sort of sort of names or gimmicks um, that sort of implement the same types of the same types of of, of playbooks
1: yeah, I mean, I think predict- predictive policing perhaps could be useful if, if, again, in a in a new game. So let me let me just let me just um, sort of lay a little bit different framework. So what I'm saying is, if you were to, if you were to change the policing game so that you were aiming at making places safer together, and you were using predictive policing or pred- database models to work with communities to build relationships, to create the types of effective strategies together with data, then, you know, it's not wrong in itself. It's predictive policing is, the idea is that if, um, you know, if I look at these, the uh, crimes that are occurring in these places, I can predict with some certainty, that in the next 17 days, there's a X percent chance that a robbery is gonna occur on this corner. And, Again, I, it, it's a little bit gimmicky in a sense that because uh, if, if you, again, if, if, if the police are presenting themselves as law enforcers and the protectors of communities, and they're saying, trust us to protect you. We're, we're through law enforcement. We're going to catch the criminals that are, are causing these problems. And we have these database models that can predict when they're going to pop up and, every, and, and all those things. And we'll put officers out in these areas. Uh, and so if they were, then you sort of lull people to sleep. Then they don't see that the need that the real solution to crime is not just to sit back and allow some you know occupying force to use data to predict when a, a crime was gonna occur and, and these and to catch these criminals. But um, and so it's it's a it's a counterproductive strategy in a law enforcement game, in a in a sense. It,
0: yeah I, 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 would it be fair to say, I guess what I'm taking from it it makes sense to me. It's not you know if if you're using these tools to determine you know how you're going to allocate resources to, in general, then that could potentially be helpful. Uh, if the resources are just where you're going to direct your your armed occupying army or the, the particular neighborhoods that you're going to uh, quarantine, for lack of a better word, um, then that's probably not going to work. So it's, it comes down to sort of like an application. Um, you, know, you know, identifying places that need resources is, 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 hel- is helpful if the resources that you're offering and that you're, and you're bringing to bear are, are productive and helpful. Um, if 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 it's more of the same, you're actually just churning churning the same stuff,
1: right? And this, so this is, you know, you're, what you're saying is exactly right. And if you were to change the game, and, and the officers, the scorecard was not about the number of arrests and guns seized and uh, drugs seized and indictments and wiretaps and that that sort of thing, but it was it was um, you know the density of relationships trust in the police and the system, um, you know, trust in our neighbors, you know, uh, the, re- the, the resources that can help solve problems. If, if you actually aim at making a place safe and you use some of these tools that are used in the law enforcement model, you sort of co-opt them for this new game, that's fine. I think that so that it's the tools, that, the tools are not necessarily the problem. The, the problem is that it's the game game then you're going to continue because i'll tell you this but it wasn't in the article but it comes from the sociological perspective on this is that the game produces a disposition and worldview in the players so on a football field you know you walk onto the field not make it mild but you sort of you carry yourself a particular way you see things through the lens of a football player on a football field or you know, in a game of law enforcement, I see myself as a law enforcement. So I'm looking, and I say, is that a criminal over there? Is it you know? Is let me is that a gun or is that a phone? Is that car a weapon that's coming at me or is it going to come near me? And you see, everything's interpreted through the logic of the game. And so the game produces a disposition and a worldview in the players that um, is what I what I have argued um in some of my writing and and uh particularly since george floyd but but also before was that as as long as you are playing this game somebody who pulls back on you looks like it looks like they're fleeing from you if somebody's trying to get away from you because they have a warrant because they don't have money to pay to fine, they look like they're using their car as a weapon so they're going to shoot at you and they're going to find out that they're justified in shooting and killing you because you were in fear for your life. Because the, the game produces this disposition and this way of seeing things. And so the, the game, the game is not just uh, ineffective, but it produces the atrocities that are happening happening in American policing today. And what was happening in Wilmington, even though it's couched as a, as a community friendly we want to hear from the community. We want to do some community building types of things. It's still very much a law enforcement game, and the community um, policing or the community relations that are done are, are just that. It's community relations. It's not community building.
0: Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm always. I I I, I take those in the same light. There. There was another, uh, another big uh, sort of community meeting. Uh, This week, uh, because we have a new uh, police chief. Before we get into that, I'll just I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, they always ring uh, very hollow. Um, The mayor had one several months ago and was confronted by several people in the neighborhood. And yeah, it's it's more of a it's a it's a um, you know, you went out and said the thing, but you're not really reaching out to the people. You're you're not going to change anything you're doing um you're going to explain why you're doing it or you know try to you know make it you know to, you know or or listen to people's problems and and sort of use that as a way to support why you're already doing what you're going to be doing anyway and so there's never any the input that you get from the community isn't going to change any kind of the any the the the, the playbook and it's certainly not going to change the disposition of the players um, and and, and, and to, to your point, I think that and that's what that's what makes some of these, um, you know, some of these events ring very hollow for me, you know.
1: Yeah. And, and, and this is this has been the nature of, you know, the community policing. And again, it, in, in uh, policing today, a lot of people say we do community policing uh, and it may be a special unit within a law enforcement organization that goes to community picnics and maybe even school resource officers and those sorts of things, but they're still deep down, they're still law enforcers. They're, 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 you know, they say trust us, but they're not trustworthy. Because the people that need help sometimes need help. And there's there's legal infractions that are involved, whether it's you know gun use or drug use or something like that. They need they need some help. And it's it's hard to get the help you know, when you're talking to somebody who really can't be trustworthy because they're they're swearing to allegiance that I'm gonna lock people up. That if you violate the law, I'm gonna arrest you.
0: Yeah, and Yeah, I mean we don't they they, they they need help not arrest not arrest. Um, they don't need to go back into the criminal justice system for sure. Um and I think you bring up a, a, a point that we raise all the time and it's and it's very acute in Delaware. Is that you know one of the major messages when they go out to the community and and do these sort of PR stunts is that you know you have to help us you have to trust us we're here for you and they aren't trustworthy and we have a further problem here because we have a, a cop bill of rights which shields any kind of. Uh, you know whether it be complaints, uh, violence, uh, violent history, personnel problems—all of that stuff is completely secret here. Um, we're, we're working; we've been working very hard for, for years to get some sort of reform. But it—I always find it very—that strikes me as very odd that the <laughs> the the people who want your trust don't by statute. Don't take any responsibility for the situation as it is. They absolve themselves of any of the responsibility, and so you never get to that. You never actually get to a place where you can start even considering whether they're a partner or or a public sort of a, a public resource. They're just the law enforcement. They're just the enemy. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very acute here, which I'm sure you're you're aware of in some fashion.
1: Yeah, it's. Um... You want, again, you want them, what you're saying is, is true. I mean, you you, you want them to, uh, you want the police and the community to work in a partnership, but toward what end? I mean, uh, Chief Chasey, when he did his uh, interview, I read this in an article in a paper, maybe it was in the St. Louis paper or something. Somebody sent it to me. Uh, basically said that, you know, his his success in making arrests was related to community policing. And that's, that's the nature of, you know, again, that makes sense to him. It makes sense to all law enforcement officers. Yeah, let's let's go do community policing because we want them to tell us who committed this crime, who who's dirty on the corner. And we want them to become informants so that we can make arrests. Because with the, in their view of the world, the more arrests you make, the safer a place is. And that's just not the case. That doesn't... That uh, claim does not hold order.
0: Yep, yep. So we have a new uh, chief um, just, uh, you know, uh, named and, and, and went through the ceremony uh, this week. Uh, Wilfredo Campos uh, was an internal promotion, uh, long-term uh, Wilmington officer and, 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 uh, and captain. Um, some other internal uh, officers were promoted as well. Um, at the ceremony, uh, naming him chief this week, he was quoted as as saying that he was going to be working towards the the true. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say true goal. I just said the goal of police work, which is quote. And this is the quote: zero crime, zero complaints, and zero arrests. Um, what's your reaction to that statement? Because I, I, when I originally read it, I thought it was nonsense. And now speaking to you, I I guess, you know, obviously you mentioned earlier there's always a political aspect to all of this so that we can't, you know, consider this statement without understanding, you know, the the context in which it was made. Um, But, yeah, maybe actually zero arrests is a good goal. Uh, as as you were saying before, people need help. They don't. They don't really need uh, a violent interaction with armed state security forces. Um, but it, but in the context that it was given, it still struck me as incredibly odd. So um, I don't. I don't know what your what your reaction to, to a statement like that is. No, yeah,
1: I, I think that you know to understand as like you say, it's, you have to understand the context that's being stated in. You know, that of course, you know we we don't want crime to occur. We don't really want to necessarily need to arrest anybody and so these are sort of utopian uh statements and so you know i i I get that i think you know i have a i have a lot of hope that campos is not will will listen to people and 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 think anew about what really works in policing so um i'm not going to you know say too much about that particularly though
0: no that's fair i i you know i and i as much as I um, am extremely critical not only of the police but just the idea and and the and the way that you know the way as you said before the way the players even carry themselves and what they believe that they're doing you know I, I don't have a lot of good things to say but I, 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 I want there to be improvements too so you know the last thing I want to do is just is, is kind of go into it thinking like all oh, is lost again this guy's as worse as the last guy. You know, I, I have. You know, I I try to. I'm a very cynical person, but I try to hold out some some hope.
1: Yeah, and I you know I, I think too, rob When you want, um, if somebody breaks into your house, you want you want somebody arrested. You want justice, and I think that everybody wants justice, in, in that sense. In other words, they don't they don't want to, If you're a victim of a crime, you want um, some resolution to it. Now, the, the way it's set up though is you know in the law enforcement model, that's the you know. Tracy talked about crime clearance rates, and so, but really, it's the first chief in in Wilmington that I've heard in a long time talk about clearance rates because clearance rates are pretty abysmal. I mean, he says they're 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 high, but if you see my chart four, you know they're they're pretty low, and so it's not that the police are not working hard; it's just that um, the police. Are, are viewed as, you know, they at least view themselves as responsible for solving these crimes and it's really impossible to do uh, in, in this day and age. I mean, even in, a, in an era where there's better forensic science than ever in the history of the world, uh, we still have these, you know, 13, 14% clearance rate on burglaries. Some cities have, uh, you know, a murder clearance rate of 20% or lower and so um, it's just not possible unless there's it a unified effort to really help people get find justice. And that justice doesn't always mean punishment. That justice sometimes means uh, restoring uh, a person to, to the pre-crime uh, conditions. Uh, it also means restoring relationships and, and building new relationships after a crime occurs. And we just don't think about it these way, this way, because we have a system that's set up that if somebody commits a crime and they're, and they're caught, that the, uh, the justice means that they're punished, that they're, they're prosecuted in court. And again, there's not, much, there's not much healing in that, and there's not much of uh, fixing any of the conditions that, that give rise to crime through that, that, that uh, approach.
0: Yeah, that takes us right sort of to the the larger issue. I wanted to close with, um, I th- and I think you've helped me actually through this conversation sort of be able to m- maybe articulate it even better than I than I could before. Um, you 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 said it yourself, and and I, I I have to you know I have to admit that it's true. You know, there is a the, the whatever you want to say. The cops, there's a function there that the police need to serve. Um, you know. That job needs to be done in some fashion. If somebody, you know, if there's trouble and somebody breaks in your house or, or other situations, you know, something needs to to happen. And so, while I, uh, while I'm very critical of the way that it's done, I do appreciate the fact that something, you know, there's there's a role there for this type of activity in society. Of course, um, I, I just my um, concern is that. I feel like the social and cultural pressures are there to not understand this. It's easier not to not to understand it almost. Um, And I I guess I wonder what are some of the things that you think are 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 possible in taking a a sort of law enforcement, um, heavy handed, you know, occupying armed approach and switching it to some other sort of supportive, uh, you know, supportive policing community approach um, that is actually looking to give people resources and the help that they need rather than punishment. Because that is, as you said before, really no deterrent. Um, there are social and political and economic conditions uh, that uh, don't there's there is no deterrent in that in that case. Um, so. I just I don't know. I, I you know, I don't know if, if there are things that you think are are possible in our current environment, uh or or you know, are are smaller incremental things gonna be needed even to get to a place where we can start thinking about policing in a completely different sort of in a different light.
1: Yeah again this is this is a good question and I'm, I'm glad you uh, give me a chance to answer it. It's hard uh, in one sense on a podcast because I can't show you pictures, but' I've, I've written about this extensively and I, and I have this uh, sort of model of policing I call situational policing. And uh, it, what it aims for is a uh, interdependent you know uh, community cohesion and trust and a willingness to intervene for the common good. Uh, and with low crime and so there's a sort of a model of uh, an ideal model of an end state you know this is the end that we're trying to create and and um, and then the 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 strategy is that if officers police officers are assigned to local places and they find uh, community partners and resources as partners and they work together to help people, to, to solve the problems, to build the resources, and the things that they're measuring and they're putting into these real-time crime centers and the databases that they've created are things like community trust, uh, you know, the density of uh, of uh, support in local places, the density of resources in local places, you know, and and these things can be measured and and today are very easily measured on you know through surveys on phones, through interviews, and, and those sorts of things. And so th- there's a, a new scorecard, a scorecard that aims at these strong uh, neighborhoods, these strong relationships, uh, and strong trust. And in those sort of a con- those, that kind of a context, um, then you would see that when people are harmed, they're, they're going to wonder, they're going to want the police to help them to uh, recoup what was stolen, uh, heal what was hurt. Uh, not a lot of people that are, are victims of crime are not saying, "I want, I want that person uh, punished and sent away for forever." Um, you know, I, I wish it didn't happen, and I wish I, I want my money back. I want, you know, and I want lessons learned. But they're willing to uh, do something less than. Um, you know, just send somebody away so that we, they don't see them any longer. Uh, and so, that, so that, that kind of a thing, uh, that would be a new game. And in a new game that aims at these community outcomes, the new playbooks would uh, develop and new uh, ways of award, uh, rewarding people and, and finding distinction on this new field would be possible.
0: I, uh, my question is one that you probably can't answer. Um, because I just feel like there is a, there's a political barrier to this, and I don't know whether it's purely, sort of, uh, you know, purely political with, with nothing behind it, or if the, uh, sort of the, the fear-mongering around crime, the fear-mongering around violent crime, especially in cities and everything it's connected to, um, if... if if the if the environment is even prepared for uh, a, a shift in even if the data is there and, and people can make good you know uh, good good suggestions and, and be able to prove that this is a, a you know something we should be working towards and and this model will help us get to this end state um, you know I, I also think that there's there's got to be some way we can talk about it. That gets people away from, because like just, just like the players, the police being players in the game, sort of change their demeanor towards it. Um, the game actually is changing everybody's demeanor towards it. Whether you live in one of these neighborhoods, or especially if you don't. Um, again, I live in a, a, a very affluent uh, neighborhood in Wilmington. Um, that's part of the reason that the, the, the podcast is called what it's called. Um, we talk about it all the time. Um, but, you know, when I talk to people, even even liberal people or leftist people from the suburbs or from out of the city or from down, you know, in Sussex County, they're asking me whether it's safe to come, you know, park on my street or whether it's safe to come meet me, you know, at the pub for a beer or whatever. And, you know, I think to myself, if, if you don't understand what's going on, and you've changed your disposition to the game in such a way where you're you're talking to me like that. i i am i I'm, I'm, I get discouraged and I just try to think of ways that I can get across to people that that's, that's just that's, that's, you're buying into you're buying into a game that we we have to actually start getting ourselves out of. and I, and i I wonder if you have any closing sort of closing remarks about that.
1: yeah it, it's 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 simple, but it's not easy. and it's simple in a sense that the game has to change. It's not easy because people have, um, it appears natural that the, this is the way policing should be. And it's not just within the police department or the, in the politics, but in local places, particularly in places that are that don't experience high rates of crime, affluent places. That's, that's their problem and not our problem. Even though, you know, it's easy to argue that their concerns about theft and those sorts of things um, are, are because th- you know, th- there's a saying in uh, in uh, Eastern philosophy: "This is because that is that you know crime. Th- this is like crime and fear and those sorts of things that exists because things are the way they are. That there are this this affluence next to abject poverty." It's not the, it's, it's the left arm and the right arm. If you don't, if you don't take care of it, it is, we're all part of the same body. And it's not an easy message to get across because there's a, um, there's a, there's a mindset that I've, I've worked hard in my life. I, you know, I've built this, you know, what I've, I've earned what I, what I got. And, uh, therefore, um, it's just easy to see the problem in the other. But uh, that, that's just not, that's simply not the case. And if you look closely at it, it's, it's easy to see. But, um, you know, I think it, for, for my, from my perspective is that it's not likely that the mayor in Wilmington or the police chief is gonna uh, fix it because uh, they benefit from the way things are. It's, it's easier uh, to, to finish a career um, doing the things that I've learned how to do Play the game the way I, I play it. I think that change is going to have to uh, come from a uh, community mandate. This is this is uh, you know that includes a new language. Uh, some some of the things that I'm, I'm trying to uh, offer is a language that uh, a language so that community people can use the playbook and scorecard and the game are ways of thinking about what's going on in policing. What would a new game look like, and uh, and I think through that that type of a process uh, change is possible, but it's but it's not likely to come from uh, Mayor Pazicki and uh, or the police chief. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I, th- I think that's that's exactly right. Um, the only way um, to to change the game is for us all to change it. Um, I one of the things that's helpful. Because Wilmington is small enough, is that even though I live on the west side in 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 affluence, um, we do, as you say, live right up next to abject poverty, to places where material conditions, economic conditions, and social conditions are very poor. And if if we can understand that there's we're all neighbors here, and we might be in different social and economic and political and cultural positions. Uh, we might be, you know, one, we might be more stable financially or in housing or whatever in one place. We all, it all has to, it all only can go, it all only can change together. And so I, I think that that's exactly right. I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, if, if we're going, the only way we're going to get to an end state and, and change the model of doing this is is by having some understanding that as you said it's it's a right and a left arm it's all it's all the same thing and you you might not like it <laughs> you know you you might uh you might have bought into sort of this individualistic idea um that suits you and 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 there's and there's good reason i think you said it about the mayor and, and the police chief i mean you learn how to do a particular thing and you're going to do it and so you don't, you know that, that that's that's not where that's not where any improvement about this is, is going to come. And 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 I, I appreciate you giving us this, um, this information. Um, if you do have um, any kind of links or anything you want to share, uh, f- please feel free to email, and, and we'll put it on uh, the show notes so people can go, um, you know, look at your book or, or any other material that you that you'd like to share because. Um, I think you know we talk a lot about uh, criminal justice reform, probation reform, Leobor, of rights uh, reform, um, but really we we, we really need um, just a change a change of thought and a change of model, and and I think um, you have a you have a good uh, a good foundation there for people to start thinking about this stuff. So um, I, I, I really appreciate it.
1: I definitely will send you some of this stuff, but I also I also want to say that sometimes we get locked into this. There's you know there's this two sided thing that either to defund the police or defend the police, and the but if you look very closely at it, both the defunders and defenders are also are really working toward keeping the game the same. Uh, the defunders are saying you know just take resources away and do send them to social service agencies, but law enforcement stays the same. And the defenders, of course, are staying the same. But if we have a language of changing the game, somehow we can have that discussion. I'm all for helping out the best I can.
0: Professor James Nolan, uh, West, uh, West Virginia University. Um thank you for joining. I should shout out uh, our friend and comrade, uh, the Wilmington advocate Kobe Owens. Uh, he's also a mountaineer. So I, I I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. that, that I'm sh- you probably know Kobe because oh, yeah, he's a, he's a criminal justice. Yeah, he's 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 he's, he's, a, he's a mountaineer, so uh yeah can't, should, should should not go without saying
1: so. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs>
0: Well, thank thank you very much uh, again, and uh, I I do hope to talk to you soon. And and I hope, although um, you're not spending a lot of time uh, worrying about you know our our small business here, um, I, I I certainly appreciate when uh, when your name pops up in the news um, uh, for whatever reason because I know you know you're going to add some some context to things that people need to hear, and and because of your uh, your unique background, and as you know from from working here all these years, uh, people here are very, very, um, uh, parochial about that. Um, they want people who are from here and know here and know this, know the streets and know the neighborhoods and know the people. Um, so, uh, you know, you, uh, while I can understand why you wouldn't want to <laughs> spend too much time on our nonsense, uh, I really appreciate you, um, you, you stepping in and helping out because you do bring, uh, you do bring a lot of authority to it because, um, yeah, I mean, you're from here, so... Uh, I, I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. You're, you're, you're very welcome. Uh, and uh, everyone, uh, thanks for joining again. You can hit us up on Patreon.com slash The Highlands Bunker. Two, five, ten dollars a month. Anything to, uh, to sort of help uh, continue our work. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Left is best.